Um, hopefully you guys have um, picked up a thing or two. Um, I, I, you know, I mentioned it last week, but this has truly been a struggle, and um, it's been a challenge. And, and I say struggle, I guess, lightly. I mean, it's, it's definitely I think it's more of a challenge than a struggle, and it's pushed me out of my comfort zone. And as I mentioned before, um, if you want to be pushed, hang out with David for a while, and you too will be up here or in Guatemala. So let that be a, let that be a warning or encouragement. Um, so again, we're going through the book of Ecclesiastes, but before we get started, oh, I can't even, I can't forget this part. This is the most important part. Um, with every challenge, obviously, there's the, the, there are the rewards, and that reward has been the encouragement and the support that I've gotten from all of you guys, the texts, the comments, the feedback. Iron Men is an amazing group. If this is your first time here, or if you've just been coming a few times, continue to come back. Get connected. These are some phenomenal men. It's had a tremendous impact on my life and by extension, my family. They can tell. They can see it in me. And so I encourage you guys to stay plugged in, get connected. And again, it's you guys that make Iron Man. And so for that, I thank you very much. So I uh, would like to, before we get started, I do want to say a prayer. So if you guys could just bow your heads and pray with me. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this group. I thank you for these men. And I just thank you for this opportunity uh, to be speaking before them and sharing your word. And Holy Spirit, I just ask you, um, as I do every week, that you give me the words to tell your story, dear God. And I pray, dear God, that you connect with these men. I pray that you open their hearts, open their minds. And God, I pray that you will reveal yourself to them, set their hearts on fire so that they pursue, that they pursue you, and you can continue to reveal more of yourself to them. Amen. All right, so I'd like to go ahead and just kind of review a little bit of what we've gone through the first uh, couple weeks, and there's a reason why I'm doing that. Um, Ecclesiastes is a book that I knew nothing about before we started this study. And when we started it, I thought, man, why Ecclesiastes? This thing's a downer. But there is a lot of good stuff in here. And so it really has changed. Um, well, actually, I should say I've had to change the way that I looked at it. Because um, truly it is, I think, um, Solomon just pointing out, hey, man, you know, there's a lot of great questions to ask. These are questions that we have of God. God is infinite. We're finite. And we're trying to figure all of this out. And so it's really helped me um, to go through this and and I've had to be kind of laser like because when you read some of this stuff any single verse you could probably I mean there's so many topics that are bo that bore out of that that you could spend easily you know 30 minutes to an hour on one of these verses so in week one you know we looked at verse 11 and it was all about God's timing is perfect you know God has put eternity in a man's heart and at the same time a story is being written in all of our lives and we kind of peeled the layers back on that, um, but it's been proven time and time in my own life, and I really think the importance, again, of having that story and sharing that story, having God reveal to each and every one of us those miracles that have worked in our lives, and then the fact that we have an obligation and a responsibility to share those stories. We're charged with sharing the gospel, which can be uncomfortable. You know, it's uncomfortable being up here, but at the same time, through stories, there's evidence that we can share with people, which establishes that relationship. And we also... Um, 
something I came across and, and has made very clear to me that everything is from God, for God, and about God. The good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent, the mundane, the routine, all of it is about him. And I think that in my life, I know keeping that in perspective has helped me deal with a lot of different things. So another over. I guess overarching topic throughout Ecclesiastes is the sovereignty of God and how important it is for us to trust in him. So in the second week, we went through the different seasons. They come and go. Things can be routine, repetitive, monotonous. There's some change. We can kind of get a little disrupted. But as we go through all of that, we have a tendency to put God on the back burner. So we don't spend time with him. Well, You know, trust is hard to establish with a stranger. And so the more time that we spend with God, the more time we spend in prayer, the more time that we spend in rooms like this, connecting with one another, sharing our stories, hearing other stories, it helps provide and provide further evidence of God working in other lives, other people's lives, our lives, but also, too, it helps us build up that trust because we're seeing the evidence. So it's very important, I think, as we go through this, that... That, I mean, that is our training to continue to spend time with God and, and build up that trust. Because as life proves, things will go bad. Things do go wrong. Now, there's different degrees of how wrong things can go. But regardless, our lives can be disrupted. And so the best way to handle that or deal with that is being able to fall back on your training and your experiences with God and and, and leaning on the evidence of God working in your life. And so consequently, when things do hit the fan... You know, those decisions that used to baffle you, all of a sudden you can handle intuitively because it's the Holy Spirit working through you. And the more time you spend with God, the more your heart changes. It's easier to find joy. It's easier to find peace. It's easier to find comfort. It's easier to reconcile things that just don't seem right. And so as we take a look at Ecclesiastes, um, the... So in Ecclesiastes 3, I want to, again, laser-like, looking at verses 16 and 17, um, as, we, as I read through these, in 16 it says, And I saw something else under the sun, and the place of judgment, wickedness was there, and the place of justice, wickedness was there. I said to myself, God will bring into judgment both the righteous and the wicked, for there will be a time for every activity a time to judge every deed. Man, there's a lot of injustices in the world. I mean, obviously, Scripture is filled with it. You take a look in Genesis, and you have Joseph being sold by his brothers into slavery. That sucks. From there, he gets out of that, making a great life for himself. God shows favor on him, and he's set up and accused of sexual harassment by Potiphar's wife. Again, serious injustices there. I wrote a book back, um, gosh, this was several years ago, and it had an amazing impact on me. Um, it was written by Ellie Weisel. He's a 1986 Nobel Peace Prize winner. He's also a Holocaust survivor, and he talked about injustices. In his book called Night, he chronicles the atrocities and the depravity 
that he experienced. Um, even himself, in this book, he recalls carrying his dad from camp to camp because his dad was so emaciated, he couldn't carry himself. And in that moment, he had disdain for his dad. He had disdain because he's like, if I just didn't have this weight, I could handle this so much better. And that is a weight that he's had to carry the rest of his life. But it's a reminder for all of us that, one, injustice happens. Atrocities happen. Two, but for God's grace, we are all capable of that kind of depravity. But because of God's grace and his love for us, and as we pursue him and trust him, he keeps that human nature at bay in our hearts. Now, I struggle to reconcile with the Holocaust to the extent that I'm like, you know, it is history. I didn't live through it, but that story did bring it to life. Another aspect of that story was that he was amazed how the whole world could just sit by and watch. He coined the phrase, the opposite of love is not hate, but indifference. And he said as he was going through this and witnessing these atrocities in such mass numbers that they would get word that the world knew about this, and all of them were wondering what is taking the world so long? What, why are they not getting engaged here? Why are they not saving us? And so he really had to struggle with that as well. So again, just another injustice, a worldly injustice at that. And so how do, you know, how do we reconcile that? I've got a buddy of mine, uh, 40 years old. His name is Tim. He goes to our church. And he was diagnosed with a very rare disease called amyloidosis. Amyloidosis is a disease that spits off excess proteins and it attaches to your organs and your organs eventually shut down over time. Well, he celebrated his 40th birthday this past Tuesday in South Lake Hospital. One of the symptoms that amyloidosis creates are like... um, seizures and then like comatose like state and he's been in one of those states for the past week now this is a very rare disease there is no cure all they have are medications that can manage the symptoms Uh, tim is a believer Um, he wasn't four years ago uh, but he's become a very strong believer over the past three years. Um, his wife brought him to the church, and he's been very much engaged. Quick-witted guy, dry wit, um, quick with the tongue, always got a joke, wonderful man to be around, very pleasant. Um, but also, too, watching his spiritual walk as he's gone through this and struggled with this illness, there's been a lot of questions. A lot of questions about why me? Uh, a lot of questions about, you know, what is God trying to do? And watching them go through this and talking to his wife this week has been an incredible experience because through it all, at the end of the day, she's like, I don't know what's in store for Tim. I don't know what's in store for our family. She goes, I trust God. She says, I trust God. And she goes, I know I have a church family that is here to support us in any way that they can. And the stories that Francis, his wife, the stories that Francis tells is not just to, you know, me and my wife, it's the entire church. The church is pouring into them, and she has the opportunity to share that trust and that faith, which is encouraging to even believers to sit there and watch this in awe and just be like, wow, how do you do it? And it's completely given her a platform to share. Now, again, don't know where this goes, don't know how it ends, but I do know the very fact that they do trust in God, he is writing this story on their behalf. 
And so, you know, as we take a look at these verses, and, you know, again, injustices prevail all over. All you have to do is turn on social media for a minute. Somebody's offended by something. I'm even offended sometimes by stuff. But the way I reconcile this is just taking a look at what we've gone through or what I have experienced over the past two weeks going through Ecclesiastes chapter 3. This is God's story. This is all about him. This is for him. This is all from him. What I left you with uh, last week uh, was the idea that you know God created this world for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is for his glory. It's a fallen world. It's an imperfect world. But it is, it is the perfect world created by God to glorify him. And to me, that is comforting. I've also learned, too, going through this past week, and I hope you guys can lean on this, is that the more time we do spend with God, the more we trust him, the deeper that relationship grows, and the more our heart will change. Like I mentioned earlier, joy comes easier. Peace comes easier. Reconciliation comes easier. Injustice, injustices become something that we're like, instead of saying, oh, that is unfair, it's, wow, God, I can't wait to see how you reconcile this and make it for your glory. You know, maybe we don't see the outcome of that, but we still have trust and faith. Because in 17, it clearly states, God will bring into judgment both the righteous and the wicked, for there will be a time for every activity, a time to judge every deed. And it's awesome to read stuff like that because intuitively we kind of know this, but Scripture backs it up. And this is the breathing, living Word of God. So, guys, I just want to, again, thank you for this opportunity to be up here. And thank you for the opportunity that I have had. If you guys got nothing out of this, I know I sure have. And I want you guys to truly look back and examine your lives for these miracles that God has helped you live through and live out and share those. We are charged to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. It is a relationship God is not distant. He is not some distant being that we bow down to and hope that good things happen. We know good things happen. Good things happen for his glory. Good things happen at his will. And I encourage you guys to look in your lives and share those stories and share the gospel with each other, with the lost, but even with believers because, again... You don't know where they are, and a good word from God is further proof. And, and, and sharing the evidence of God working in your lives is such an encouragement to others to know that God is leaving, living and breathing and creating modern-day miracles. So thank you.